One thing he's asking for is in-person meetings, which we've had in Egorok throughout the quarter, and there have been at least 20. So it's like, why do we want to go through that <laughs> process again? So Kevin Daniel can't say there's been no like outreach when this has been going on for years. We, we've all spent hours on this. I think this letter that he released to Boulevard Sentinel yesterday harms his chances for environmentalist support. Kevin DeLeon needs to hear from people who this affects. Folks who care about transit, folks who care about clean air, folks who care about sustainability, walkability, bikeability, who wouldn't vote for him as mayor if this is the sort of stance he takes. It's disappointing, I think, to a lot of us that there's been a lot of outreach. I've been to a handful of the meetings that Metro has put on over the past, I think it's over two years, not just in Eagle Rock, but Glendale Burbank, it's a huge project. The way I see it is if you allow one neighborhood to significantly delay a project that's this big, it has ramifications that are, are far and wide and that last for decades. Welcome to another episode of Bike Talk. Going how many years now, Nick? 12 years that you've been doing this? We started, we started in 2008. So um, 13 years. I'm just not even counting. It's fantastic. So yet another great guest today. We have Felicia Garcia with Eagle Rock Beautiful Boulevard. She's an organizer with that group. They're organizing for a boulevard that would have BRT and bike lanes. And um, right now it's up for consideration. Felicia, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Okay, so Colorado Boulevard. So now Kevin DeLeon, he replaced Jose Wizar, was very friendly. In Northeast LA, um, we've been pushing for Metro for their Noho to Pasadena BRT route to take place um, on Colorado not on the freeway as some um, anti-bus folks wanted it. And so we have this beautiful boulevard community-driven plan. It's got a lot of support from local leaders like Supervisor Hilda Solis, the local PTAs, Occidental College and their student governments and clubs, a lot of progressive organizations and climate nonprofits, businesses and residents of Iraq. Um, so it was pretty baffling when last night, the local paper Boulevard Sentinel shared the news that Kevin DeLeon opposes beautiful boulevard. And he's stating that there hasn't been enough outreach and that he wants to see a proposal which maintains all vehicle lanes as is. So that was pretty terrible to see that. Mm. So, you know, I've kind of heard little rumors here and there that, that Kevin DeLeon, one of his big supporters, is a, uh, a business owner who is opposed to this plan. You know, so he's he's got, I guess that's the type of people that have his ear, right? Or have you been yeah, following is, any of that? The thing that's really frustrating is that there's so much widespread community support, even people who are not initially on board after so many meetings, like they're on board because they realize this is going to be the thing for the community. It's going to benefit a lot of people. And so it's just baffling to see that he's giving in and he's taking the side of Michael Nagira, who's in charge of the Chamber of Commerce, which... Our business district is how it is because he's not doing anything with that. And then we have a local realtor who is, keeps spreading conspiracy theories. The latest one is that I run Streets Blog. Um, and so we're, <laughs> why is he siding with these people, especially if you do have higher aspirations? 
like to be mayor, why not take this easy Populist. win of doing the great thing of being a climate champion? We, we did all the work of creating the plan. Mm -hmm. Okay, so from here, what are the chances at this point? Like, what's, what, what, what are you guys thinking? What's the strategy? I mean, all we can do is just keep showing that there is community support. So last night he released his statement in the Boulevard Sentinel. He hasn't actually released it on his own social media or anything. And then this morning I noticed on Nextdoor, a new neighbor had joined and their first post was, it was like, hi neighbors, I'm curious about, I'm concerned about the beautiful Boulevard project. How do you guys feel? Check out this website. And so like the anti-bus people, they made a new website that's kind of mimicking the beautiful Boulevard one. Oh my gosh, no. Really and they even link to this one and they're trying to say that they're objective. It's just confusing at this point. And so that guy, it was clearly a dummy account meant to like rile people up against it. Sure. The beautiful sure. Boulevard. Um, like the picture looks suspicious. I like reverse image searched it. It was like an AI generated face. No, really? I reported it to next door. The guy was removed and his post was removed, but it's just like, these are shady tactics that they're using versus all this coalition building that we're doing. Wow. Okay. So an AI generated profile, fake profile image of who they are. Do we want to publicize the website? Like, I want to see this thing. Like, is there a way to... No, we don't. We just want... Everyone, if you want to get involved, go to eaglerockforward.com. Eaglerockforward.com. Yeah, if you okay. haven't signed the petition yet, sign the petition. You'll be updated with whatever actions there are to take. Okay. Have you been following on Twitter? Do you know who Seamus Garrity is? We're going to have him on Yeah, next. I was reading all the tweets. <laughs> okay, so you saw that. I only just now uh heard about it i haven't checked twitter so uh, what's going on there like so seamus is adding his voice to the mix and he's he's pro bike he's he's pro beautiful boulevard right mm -hmm. okay cool that's good to have people like that on board Hmm. interesting so when what's the next a decision hasn't been made by kevin de leon he's just asking for more input now it's going to take more time so now what? Now it's like rally the troops again. Asking, and His letter was just really frustrating because one thing he's asking for is in-person meetings, which we've had in Egrock throughout the quarter, but in Egrock we've had more than the other neighborhoods. And there have been at least 20 in-person meetings. And for him to ask for that at this time, and especially when we know it's not like equitable, we know who is showing up to the meetings. We know mm. what happens when you do show up. Even when we've had that Zoom meeting I think it was last month or the month before mm -hmm. the best people spoke on for great lengths and they were just like trashing other people calling anyone who supported the bus not a real stakeholder so it's like why do we want to go through that <laughs> process again i mean i can see why he would do it for his own selfish reasons you know like he needs to have a reason to be out there and see people and preside over something and so it's like a big kind of ego thing for him, I guess. But does it have to be an in-person meeting? Can it be Zoom? Why is he doing that? Like that part is a little suspect. Like Zoom's kind of rad. You don't have to. It's definitely you know. made things more accessible for people, especially yeah. people who don't have access to a car that they can just hop into. Totally. Huh. If there were going to be more in-person meetings, I would suggest that they take place like solely on the bus or at bus stations, because we know those are who's not getting 
your feedback heard. Oh my gosh. Okay, so there's something. What if there was some sort of campaign to push Kevin DeLeon to host a meeting on a bus as well? If you're going to do these meetings in person, then you should do one on the bus as well, like several meetings on the bus. Catch the morning and evening commuters on the bus and talk to them. Yeah, and he's saying he wants to reach a consensus of a bus route. But the thing is, the people who've been rallying against the bus, they don't care about the bus route. They don't want people in Iraq. Yeah. They wrote that on next door. Like, we don't want any more people coming through here. Mm -hmm. He mentions the phrase, keep that small town feeling, but we know where that derives from. Yeah, there's like a sort of a little sus... Like we've we've seen that real estate ad for Egrock that said like whites only, and it's like we need to move, keep moving away from that, not try to yeah. get back to that. Yeah, totally. I mean, the, the funny part too is because what they're complaining about, which is traffic, like outsider traffic. It's like that's the the freeway traffic is the very definition of outsider traffic coming through there and keeping Colorado Boulevard. I don't know, what is it right now? Four lanes, five lanes that encourages that very thing that they don't want. And then the old town feel would come back with reducing the lanes and increasing pedestrian and mass transit, which Colorado used to have. It's crazy. Yeah, there's definitely enough space to make it like something for everyone. And why Mm -hmm. we wouldn't take advantage of that, especially like our business district could use that boost. It's really puzzling. So here's where Joe Linton would probably bite my head off. But is there some business coalition there that can step up and try to outshout this other guy? You know, like get their voice heard. Because obviously Kevin DeLeon is listening to this guy, I guess, because he donated to his campaign or something. But it's like, can there be some coalition of business owners that also step up and talk to them? Is that still possible at this point? There's a lot of prominent business owners, like even some who had been anti-BRT, like the owner of Pinecone, they've come around and they have a few restaurants on Colorado. And that's what just makes it mind-boggling. It's like Kevin Dillon stuck in the past. Like he once heard that Sir Michael was ruling the town and things are not like that anymore. I mean, if we see the latest headline with him, it's his son was in the news for setting fire to homeless encampment. Oh, that was the guy. Yeah, that's right. And his son set fire to homeless encampment. And he bailed him out the next day with a million dollars. And he's the same guy that last year, Whoa. he was writing All Lives Matter on Black Lives Matter post um, on the neighborhood Facebook group. And it's like, why are you sticking with this guy? Like, yeah, like Kevin DeLeon, DeLeon is aligned with this guy. Like, okay, streets like, blog article yeah. right there. That's old news. Um, so it's mm. weird that, like, we know that Kevin DeLeon came from Sacramento. He doesn't know what's been happening here. He's of why his team hasn't, like, updated him and let him know, like, hey, these are who you want to be seen with. You don't want to be keeping that guy's company. It's weird how council members will do that, though. I've seen that happen with the Hyperion Bridge thing. It was like Mitchell Farrell, like, aligned himself with these fully, I mean, these were like Trump people, you know, that were, like, opposing that bridge shit. I don't know. It's weird how that happens. This feels like an opportunity, though, to, like, really call this guy out. Like, maybe Streets Blog can do, like, an article on this and kind of call him out, right? Because, I mean, maybe he just doesn't know. You mean about, like, who he's aligning with? Because yeah. 
So um, in March, I think it was, or February, right before the election for CD14, I was tweeting about this. And so the LA Times picked it up and they said, you're going to hold a fundraiser at the house of the family where this just happened like six months prior. And he claimed ignorance and he canceled right. the event. But he, he knew then, like he got bad press for it. And he still- Okay, continued. that's good news though, because, he, okay, so he backed down in that now- what's up let's get the la times story going again he's continuing to align with this scuzzy character maybe there's some pressure point there right like do we have any do we let's alert the media nick alert the media let's let's get this story going (laughs) i don't know i'm always trying to think of some like pressure point that's just gonna because it's just him and then there's all like the ptas occidental yeah businesses and we did all this work and to think that all that work was done but it, it didn't matter because the other side hasn't done the same legwork at all totally i'm always interested in the process right like what's the next step in the process is he gonna make a decision soon what, what's the next step metro has to make a decision so if metro listens to him and they give into his like request or demand for in-person meetings mm-hmm. that might be on hold a bit like maybe i don't know in a couple of months but that's the thing that's really frustrating is that this is a project spanning from north hollywood to pasadena and it's going to keep being delayed just because yeah because some people are being entitled and they want exactly what they want and the councilman's going to give into that kind of embarrassing that like this thing that can mm-hmm. help people we're holding it up we just want to bike safely take the bus places be able to walk down the street that's hard to believe for well this has been going on for how long now it's like in 2018 when we first started they were even coming to like the music the rock music festival and tabling and and they had like a big board for people to like talk about what they wanted to see on the street so the metro the little the little post-its and everything so kevin daly can't say there's been no like outreach when this has been going on for years we we've all spent hours on this we're going to bring Seamus on, but, you know, we'd love to have you stay and discuss with Seamus if you want, or if you want to come back and uh, get on the call with, with Seamus and talk about this. You're totally welcome to. Ooh, what is his title? Seamus? I think it's Chief of Staff for Laura Friedman. Is this true? It's Wait, no, I know what it is. It's Senior Field Representative. Okay, Senior Field Representative for Laura Friedman. But he's not speaking on behalf of Laura Friedman. He's just speaking for himself and he tweeted out earlier today a letter to kevin de leon to you know to make it happen with this with this plan with beautiful colorado plan and uh you know be about it because um they make all these claims that they're about like climate change and reducing traffic and then when it comes down to it politicians just cave i don't know what the heck's gonna change that can you go over the option that there's three options so the name of this one is the refined one because it took qualities from the first option. The problem that people have is that for some blocks, not most and not all, but some blocks, Colorado would be reduced to one vehicle lane because there would be a bus only lane, a vehicle driving lane, a parking lane, and then the bike lane would be a parking protected bike lane. So we're asking for a lot, but it does all fit when you lay it out that way. Okay. And and then the other options are pretty... The option that the anti-bus people liked was the one that 
combined the bus lane with the bike lane, which doesn't work for anybody unless you're a driver. Yeah, it's like if you think about like these business districts where it's popping, like Larchmont or um, Rowena or Virgil or York, there's just example after example where it makes sense to reduce the lanes and slow the cars up and they're just they're missing an opportunity it's so crazy yeah um and we've we've seen like online is people some people are like hey why not have it like montrose or like honolulu in montrose it's so nice there and people are saying we don't want a speeding bus but is that is that true though is i mean they kind of have it a point a little bit so they yeah but the thing is they think that the rapid in bus rapid transit means that the buses would be exceeding the speed limit of a street and so we've seen them say, we don't want the speeding bus. We don't want this dangerous bus that would be running over our children. <laughs> it's like, no, that's, it means rapid as in the frequency that it arrives, but, and it won't wait in traffic as long with no cars in front of it, but not going to be going, like, it's not going to be the movie speed. Hmm. That is interesting. All these little points need a counterpoint in these public meetings. Oh my God. People saying, we don't want this extra pollution and, they're not realizing or they don't want to hear it's like no it's going to be electric zero emission oh is it going to be electric that's amazing zero emission so it's going to be better there's there's not going to be bus polluting everywhere okay kevin delone he's flippable he's flippable i think we need to make some phone calls we need to get this time story to come back all right Hey, um, be nagging. It's going to nag him. Felicia, I only asked you to come on for like a couple minutes. And so I think it would be fair to say that we'll just maybe talk to you next time. If that you're sounds good. good. Um, I just want to say like, you want to support make definitely make sure you call. You can leave a voicemail at the CD14 office. If you go to like the website, egotforward.com or if you look on Twitter, I know people are tweeting that out. So leave a voicemail and let them know that you're not happy with this decision. Okay. All right. Thanks for all your work. But seriously, I love your work on Streets Blog and I hope to see it continue. Yes. Thank you. Wow. Those, I mean, I don't know if I want to like vilify people and like just make generalizations, but it sounds like those Trump people, right? Like they're constantly dealing in conspiracies. Listen, let's call Jill Linton right now. All right. All right, we have Joe Linton, who is the editor of Streets Blog LA. How are you doing? So we just got off, you know, we had Felicia Garcia with Beautiful Boulevard, Colorado. Yeah, equitable Igora and stuff, yeah. She's great. And Yeah, and so she was weighing in on Kevin DeLeon's recent, I guess it was a tweet, that uh, he wanted to have more community input. There's actually, there's no tweet. He just gave the letter to the Eagle Rock Boulevard Sentinel. It's a leak to a newspaper that has a record of being opposed to BRT. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So that's, that's the situation. And what now is the move to make to put pressure for him to flip? And one thing that came up was that in the past, I guess, the LA Times did kind of an expose on Kevin DeLeon's relationship with the person. Nick, do you remember what the details were? It was like but the, about, the chair you know, the chair of the business association there. Who's Michael Nogueira. Yeah. So 
His son uh, torched a homeless encampment. Yeah, so that came out in the LA Times, and Kevin DeLeon backed off and recognized that that's kind of a toxic person or regime to associate yourself with versus you know felicia has gotten business letters and petitions and signatures and calls and everything occidental to oinkster yeah (laughs) what what was that sorry i said occidental to oinkster that's what i call they have all kinds of support from jackie goldberg laura friedman wendy carrillo oinkster is the pastrami restaurant so yeah there's really broad support for the beautiful boulevard stuff so is there a point here, like my thought was, okay, at some point, like he's pausing because he's got this guy that's his supporter and here he is sort of having a relationship with this guy again after the expose in the LA Times and him backing off in the past. He's like back to where he was. This seems like this could be maybe a opportunity to switch it up. Like he'll realize that he's not really with the popular team. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's the open speculation is that De Leon wants to run for mayor soon. And I think De Leon's speculation is that throwing transit riders, the wolves, and supporting Eagle Rock NIMBY homeowners is going to help him get elected to mayor. And I think folks who care about transit, folks who care about clean air, folks who care about sustainability, walkability, bikeability, need to let De Leon know that he's not going to be able to run as a climate champion. And, and he's actually the guy who stuck it to the Western States Petroleum over things like the gas tax. And he's done some really good, courageous things on climate at the state level. But I mean, I think this letter that he released to Boulevard Sentinel yesterday harms his chances for environmentalist support, for equity. So for people who care about Los Angeles, beyond white homeowners wanting to keep those people, those transit riders out of their neighborhood. I think Kevin DeLeon needs to hear from people who this affects, who wouldn't vote for him as mayor if this is the sort of stance he takes. Are you going to give us an update on Streets Blog? Are you going to do an article on this? Yeah, it just published at like five. Oh, cool. (laughs) There's an article. Okay, great, 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 great. I saw on Twitter earlier that Seamus Garrity, who is with Laura Friedman's office, but doesn't represent Laura Friedman in his opinion on this, is saying, calling out Kevin DeLeon. Did you see that tweet that he sent out? I can look for it. What? Yeah. Tell me about it. So he wrote a letter to Kevin DeLeon, basically saying some of the same kind of criticisms that you're saying. He's saying he's this climate champion and pollution and so forth, but then he's opposing these like slam dunk projects that forward that goal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I don't know what to say. I think it's important for someone like Kevin DeLeon, who's had a good record, who tweets when San Francisco took cars off of Market Street, tweeted and said, hey, where can we do this in LA? DeLeon knows better. And frankly, the letter is all about process and not about the actual aspects of the bus rapid transit project, VRT project. So I think that it sucks. It's climate denialism and 
catering to racist white nativist homeowners that don't want transit riders people of color people who you know wash their dishes in the restaurant and cook for them and stuff like that to to get home and get to their families on transit but i think that kevin a leone is someone who has a record i mean like seamus garrity is saying has a record of being good on a lot of issues and should know better than this so i think that People who care about these things need to let Kevin DeLeon know. And Kevin DeLeon needs to look at the, I want to say the demographics and the populism of this article. I think he's siding with a constituency that's on the wrong side of history and on the wrong side of him getting elected mayor. And so I think why? it's gonna I think it's why? gonna cost him. Why is he doing why, that? Why is he doing that? I don't know. I mean, I think Don's speculation is as good as any. I think he thinks that Eagle Rock business establishment who have raised funds are against this. And so he's siding with them. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but homeowners are very consistent voters, right? They're like obsessed with voting. Look who's on. (laughs) Whoa. Hey, Seamus, how's it going? (laughs) You told me to be on at seven and then I just, I got back just now and... Saw that you wanted me like a half hour ago. That's all good. Don just brought up your your tweet. Oh dang! (laughs) (laughs) What did I say? (laughs) I have to look, get it up. Shots Uh, fired, man! Wow. That you completely disagree with Councilman Kevin DeLeon. Community outreach has been unrelenting. This is an unfortunate take and demonstrates no will to address climate change locally and in a practical way. It's a great sentiment. Yeah, I mean, it's disappointing, I think, to a lot of us that there's been a lot of outreach. I've been to a handful of the meetings that Metro has put on over the past, I think it's over two years, not just in Eagle Rock, but Glendale Burbank. It's a huge project and it's a really important project. Um, And I think that basically allowing one neighborhood I guess the way I see it is if you allow one neighborhood to kill or, you know, significantly delay a project that's this big, something that connects the entire valley to Pasadena, it has ramifications that are are far and wide and that last for decades. Everything gets set back. It's not just like, oh, let's have another meeting. It's like, let's reimagine it again. And there was no real clear reason as to why. You know, this is about climate change, right? This is about like getting very serious about doing things locally that affect everyone globally. And so I guess it's just something that I read the letter last, late last night and I, I let that tweet fly. <laughs> and I woke up, I was like, hmm, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I have a lot of thoughts around what I'd like to see and just my experience as an avid cyclist. Like one of the reasons I'm late right now is I was just riding and it's something I do every day. And it's really dangerous. I think that a lot of people got into riding last year. Some people for the first time because they were home. And it's interesting because I think the fatalities for cyclists and pedestrians actually like went up quite a bit, like 30% or something like that last year. And I think that a project like this that enhances that specific type of safety, it's a relatively small project in terms of where it is in the grand scheme of the city but it has a really big impact. And I think you can look back to what happened in Mike Bonin's district a few years ago when they took that bike lane. And I really think that set us back a whole bunch. There's been a number of things that have set us back a whole bunch. 
But strategically speaking, at this point, Kevin De Leon has not made up his mind, right? So let's talk political strategy. What's the next thing? Where's the pressure point? What's going to change his mind? I don't know what. Or he hasn't know. stated. He I don't know that it's all in. Decision. So I shouldn't he, say he doesn't, and I don't know that it is his, his decision entirely. I don't know that it is. I think that he's obviously extremely powerful in that area, but um, this is the BRT extension, right? This it just metro. seems like the council members get like a veto on stuff like that somehow, even though it's metro. I don't know. I mean, it's not it's not insignificant. It's not the Eagle Rock neighborhood council saying something, um, which would be you know hard enough. But I think that the councilman carries a lot more power. I just think that people need to make sure that their voices are heard. I don't think it's about attacking anyone individually. I think that it's about highlighting the importance of it, really communicating how important it is. You know, if he thinks that there needs to be more community input, well, I do think that there is broad community support. There's probably not consensus, right? Mm -hmm. But I don't think that any project that significantly changes our way of life, essentially, is going to get broad consensus. You're never going to have that. You're going to have certain factions of the community that are displeased and if this is not business as usual right this is not just about how many people are killed on bikes and, and in sidewalks every year this is also about climate change and getting greenhouse gases you know if in transportation it's like 40 percent of the greenhouse gases in the state of california so if we're getting people out of cars if the bus becomes a first choice instead of a car first choice literally a first choice why not you can text and you can text on a bus you can sit there and text all the whole time you're on the bus. You know? It doesn't cost $9,000 a year average. And you're not killing anybody when you text on the bus. And now they got Wi-Fi and, and USB ports. Mm -hmm. And you look at the renderings of that beautiful version of, of that street. And it's like, how is that ruining the street? Like all these people are saying, why do you want to ruin it? Why do you want to ruin it? It's like, is that ruined? It looks like paradise. Yeah, have you walked into the middle of Colorado Boulevard? It's like a wasteland of concrete and speeding cars. You feel like your life is in jeopardy. Yeah. Some of those unsignalized crosswalks. Yeah, and I, I get that Like, it is scary when a large part of the community is vocal about it and they're sort of your base or whatever. Something that came to mind like thinking about it today was like for this crisis of, of homelessness was like the absolute number one priority, always traffic, right? Like I remember when Villaraigosa and Mayor Hahn were running against each other the second time, it was like, just the coverage was all about like, how I'm gonna get rid of traffic. And I remember listening to that in traffic, <laughs> just sitting in traffic, listening to them argue about it. And now we had 2020, which was like this horrible year, but it was like, there was, there was no real traffic and people were riding bikes. And I think that there is a taste now more than ever for what is possible. You know what I mean? What we could have. And I, I do think that there are more people open-minded and open to the ideas of alternative transportation than ever before. E-bikes are like selling, bikes are like, it's like impossible to get a new bike now, right? Bike companies are just selling out. The stock is gone, right? Like as soon as it's ready. So, I think that is like something that should inform his decision, or at least it's not even his decision, his position. Who is going to get that decision? I guess it goes to the Metro board, right? And then they vote? Yeah. Really? Hmm. Kevin DeLeon's running for the Metro board if he runs for mayor. You know, in theory, the board could say, thanks for the advice, Kevin, but we're, we're doing it. <laughs> the, if the mayor wanted that. 
but nobody's seen the mayor's backbone in in a while for any issues related to climate or transportation. Uh, so it's interesting, I, though. I don't know because, like, after. I think at the end of Mayor Villarigoza's term, people had a negative view on what he had done in his term as mayor. But I think that later on we saw, you know, some of the transportation work that he had done was seen differently. And I kind of think that's Measure M is very significant. And we'll see like what comes of that. But I think that there's funding for it. Supervisor Solis supported it. A lot of elected officials have supported it. So you're right, he didn't make a decision. He didn't like take a full position. He thinks that there needs to be more input. And I think that there can always be more input, right? But I think that there is some consensus, maybe not broad consensus, but I do think that people want to stay for Colorado Boulevard. What do you think about the tea leaves that I was trying to read into this letter? I mean, the letter basically talks all about process. You know, oh, there was only one meeting when there's been 20 meetings and there wasn't time for the Eagle Rock community to give input. And I think it feels like the letter is De Leon capitulating to the NIMBYs. He leaked it to the Bullard Sentinel. He didn't post it on media, social media. He said it maintained two lanes of traffic each way. So there's a bunch of kind of sops to the NIMBYs. But there's also sort of could it be some face-saving thing where Metro spends a bunch of money and holds a bunch more meetings and a bunch of people get up and whine and then and then De Leon says, oh, well, I tried it and delayed it, whatever. I did my best, but Metro went ahead with it or something. Is there like a face-saving <laughs> solution for De Leon where he gets to stay above the fray or should we just read it as De Leon's joined full NIMBY and fuck the climate? Um. I don't know how, how much to read the tea leaves, as you say, but I think that the letter is extremely disappointing. I think that he's not wrong. There is a divided community, right? And if you're representing a community, you are representing everybody in that community. And, and you need to make sure that you're listening to everybody's position. I think that he is taking into account a very vocal group of people in Eagle Rock. It is not easy politically to navigate whatever this is. In the letter, I don't see him talking about the negative impact of the project. It is more he is outlining sort of the problems within the, the fractured community. Do you know what I mean? He's not saying bus rapid transit doesn't work. Right. Uh, lane removal doesn't work. He's saying people didn't have time to input, which is what they always say. Yeah, in some ways, it's like the refuge of scoundrels. When you can't criticize the project on principle, you can criticize the process that led to it. Yeah. He says, my request of Metro is simple. Now that the county is on the brink of fully reopening, they must hold a series of well-advertised and COVID-safe in-person meetings. So Why? Uh, well, I think that I have said as much as, and I think other people, I'm not going to, I think there's room for even more input in favor of the beautiful boulevard, right? There's Occidental students that have not had a chance to have input. I think there's some people who would even like to, to have seen a stop at one point closer to the college. I don't see it as, he's not, yeah, he's not saying this is a bad project. Yeah. If he had said that, it would have been too much for all of us. It was already quite a bit to, to deal with. It was already like, what? You know, this is not bad for climate change. What are you talking about? Like, this is a key component of fighting climate change from even from the Paris Accord, right? It's like you have to act locally. And it's like the person who thinks that if it doesn't matter if I litter and I'm like, everybody thinks that. And then all of a sudden there's like an ocean full of plastic. It's a similar concept. You can't let 
a few people in Eagle Rock undermine bus rapid transit for the city of Los Angeles, for the entire San Fernando Valley and San Gabriel Valley, you know? <laughs> it's it's just insane how a council member can have a lot of influence in that. It's like Mitch Englander when he basically held up the Metrolink double track for 20 NIMBYs that lived along the track or whatever a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's part of the problem with our political power structure locally is like you don't have anyone with just singular power and you have a bunch of very powerful individuals scattered all over the place. The mayor of New York is like a governor, essentially, or it's like a king. Crazy power. You just say, no, we're doing we're doing bus lines. <laughs> it's like you just do it. Do you do you communicate with his people enough to where maybe there's like a follow up conversation after your my tweet? Yeah, you know what? I don't, I I guess um, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. It's not. I don't want to make it like a personal attack. I don't. I think there's too many like personal attacks in general. You know, people. No, it wasn't. Have, it wasn't disrespectful at all. Right. I hope it's not. I hope nobody sees it that way. So I I have had conversations with them over the years. It does feel like, and I'm sensitive to streets blogs made some attacks that, that I think have been, how do I say it, overly dismissive of people who should be allies. And I think Kevin DeLeon, based on his record in the state legislature, should be an ally. I think our approach needs to not be super critical of DeLeon, but I think antagonistic of DeLeon, I'm kind of backing him into a corner. Not that anyone on this call has that kind of power, but inviting Never him to do the right thing. The power Kevin DeLeon, you, you know better. You've stood up for this, fought for these sorts of solutions. There's one right in front of you. We know you can support this. That's the kind of messaging I'd like to see. I don't know. I'd like to, to give him the opportunity to do the right thing. Yeah, okay. and I, I agree with you. And I wonder sometimes if when we want something badly, we read a letter like what he wrote and we read it more intensely than it was intended to be read. My first time through it, I was like, oh, he's killing the bike lane. He's killing the bus lane. Everything's, I was like, tweet. And uh, I think that I can see a little bit more nuance than I did the first pass. I don't agree with it. And I, I still think that like we've had a lot of meetings. I don't think that there needs to be more planning. I think that it's already going to take a long time. You know, I don't think we need to add more time. Because a lot of these things right. have to happen now. You know what I mean? Like a lot of these things really have to happen that we want to happen. Where Are we going to be able to, for instance, is the LA River bike path ever going to be fully completed? You know what I mean? Is the people on this call, are we ever going to ride that? Or are we going to be dead by the time it's done? You know, like, honestly, well, and I think Metro Metro has funding to do that prior to 2028. And it's the hardest part through downtown is and to give Kevin, give Kevin Daly on credit because he did get quite a bit of that funding. Yeah, I would say, though, yeah, reading that letter, there's a sort of aloofness. It feels to me like I mean, and I'm reading into it, too, whatever, but there's a sense of Kevin Daly on sort of saying, like, I don't want to be in the middle of this issue. <laughs> I don't want to alienate voters. I don't want to take a strong stand on anything, whatever. But I mean, I think that's not leadership. I think if Kevin A. Leone wants to be the mayor of Los Angeles, he wants to be the head of Metro. If he wants to be the head of Metro, he needs to show that he can support transit riders. So we'll see. I want to know Jerry Brown. I mean, if you whether you agreed with everything he did or not, it was like just this very decisive attitude or type of actions that he took. Miss that guy. You should have a big Jerry Brown statue somewhere. Ha. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>
just a, just a frazzled it's, it's, guy. A... Is he frazzled? I'm more frazzled than... It's leadership. I think folks like Mike Bonin, folks like your boss, Laura Friedman, they put their feet down for doing the right thing. And it's too often, I feel like there's this sort of brand of politician that sort of tries to stay out of conflict and not stand for very much. And I feel like I feel like Kevin DeLeon as a state legislator was taking a stand role and now as a council member and I believe mayoral hopeful has has like stepped back from being a leader and tried to be a kind of above the fray and not showing climate leadership like like you did in the Senate. Anyways. Don, you you called me. Do you want am I supposed to still be on this phone or I was 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 I absolutely man. I love it when you're on here. No, 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 no. I, I want, we're always trying to sneak you on, Joe, reluctantly, uh, reluctant as you are to join okay. us on this. Uh, I got to go, majorly... go round up my daughter and, and uh, okay. get her some dinner at some point, though. So, yeah, when, whenever you need to go, man, you can take off. <laughs> but uh, it's always fun to have you on. So, you guys are having a great conversation. I was just letting yeah, you go. Yeah, good to talk to you in person. Yeah. Yeah. Face, yeah, I can't believe that they're going to do these meetings in person. So, see, I feel like on like on the media side of things, like I want to do things to pressure. Like that's ridiculous. Why would you host an in person meeting when it's so easy to do it on Zoom? One thing that's funky about that too is that um, if if they want to do those right away, it's summer and Occidental College students aren't around and stuff. So I don't know. It feels yeah. it feels a little bit like poor timing for another round of meetings or or maybe deliberately avoiding a big constituency time for doing more meetings. But we'll see. I guess I hadn't thought of it as something like that. I think that I hope that Zoom meetings are sort of here to stay because it makes it so much easier to access these important meetings. But I do think that for something that's hyper local, having a few meetings in Eagle Rock, I do think that there should be one in the fall, probably at Occidental. I've been in things at Occidental during the school year and those get packed. People show up. Yeah. Okay, fine. If you're going to stretch it out, then let's stretch it out to the fall when Occidental students can weigh in. For sure. So, I mean, all right, let's do these, this. these meetings don't happen. You wouldn't have like five meetings. Okay. Going. So we got to accept this guy's new process and just play the game. And in terms of pressure, I, I would say, honestly, it is about highlighting the benefits of the project. I, I really believe that the benefits of the project speak for themselves. I don't totally love it when we call out NIMBYs. I mean, I don't like NIMBYism, but I do think that it can be counterproductive in terms of getting people to accept massive change in their neighborhoods, which we need yeah. massive change. Oh, I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Joe probably doesn't agree with that. No, I think in my higher self, I understand that calling a <laughs> racist white homeowner a racist white homeowner. I mean, okay, different. Listen, racist, but racist white homeowner. Joe, Joe, listen. <laughs> It's not just. It's fine. It, I'm fine with racist white homo. Hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. There are a lot of people in Los Angeles, a lot of people of color who are homeowners in Los Angeles. It's not just racist white homeowners. It's like the homeowner class. The thing is with this country is that homes are investments for people's retirement and all this stuff. And there's all this pressure for home prices to go up. 
And these are the people that are going to be staying there. And a lot of times people that rent will come and go from a neighborhood. So politician automatically has to listen to homeowners a lot because they're so invested in the district. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, give them a little bit of a break. It goes a little bit extreme when you're like a racist white homeowners. It's like, yeah, there are a lot of white homeowners, but there are a lot of homeowners of people of color. Yeah, no, all aligned on that same but, tip of like they don't want to see their investment collapse or whatever. They don't want, like it's it's these kind of pressures that I don't necessarily like blame people for being worried about those kind of things in their lives, right? I, I'm parsing. I'm just trying to parse out the NIMBYs, the groups that make up the cloud of NIMBY. And I think that you have in that you have a couple racist white homeowners. Totally, like you, have, totally. you know what I mean? And so, totally. so I'm saying it's okay if somebody is a racist white homeowner to call them that. But be specific. I think that broad strokes like NIMBYism, I know people who, you know, when I got involved in the neighborhood council, in 2014 i was like against some developments and then i totally changed just after learning about it and you know i think that one of my friends called me a nimbian and i hadn't even heard the word before like, i didn't <laughs> know the word and then he called me it and i was like i got mad whatever i just called him something else but <laughs> but now I, I feel like even in the yimby whatever movement there's a broad spectrum of people what i was trying to say was Seamus, that you're right, that we can understand people who are fearful or concerned about change. Don, I think you're right. We can, can we can understand people who are concerned about their retirement, their property values, you know, I mean, and I think that it isn't helpful. Like there's times when I, you know, at the end of the week, when I've freaking <laughs> fought Metro for pushing a freeway project that even Caltrans doesn't want, you know, it's just like, I kind of throw my hands up and say, what the fuck? And I think that that's not the way to get a project like this passed. And when I'm proofreading my article and stuff like that, I, I take out the word fucking racist white homeowner and put in something nicer <laughs> oh so, my god you know, so I, I understand and that's sort of a joke but that's whatever i, I think Just, we do need to it, take it, people's it, concerns into account and at the same time i think we need to show leadership and like seamus is saying show this project good for the air this project is good for the businesses the region, this is good the for creating a, a sense of place where people are going to want to be and hang out and stuff and so i think we can we're not going to win everybody over but but we we should pay attention to the awesome benefits that this project brings to eagle rock uh, 100%. and not get too bogged down in calling people names so i, I agree I, i'm sorry to the extent that i've done that no, it's I mean, hilarious that I would be the one that is like correcting or like sort of. That's true. I've seen Don, I've seen Don hurl some insults. I'm the, I'm the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to be like, damn, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> I've calmed myself, I think, a lot more in the. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I hope that when maybe groups that support the project should also put on some. Uh, meetings some some you know what i mean like to highlight highlight how beautiful i mean the rendering is it really should speak for itself about i mean how about felicia's idea of having meetings on the actual bus that goes through there like transit riders right i love that idea hold on okay my daughter's here so i i gotta head out good night guys good night take care i'm looking forward to riding with my daughter down those lanes and on Colorado and to ride in the bus. Where, uh, where do you, where, which part of town do you live in, Joe? 
I live in Koreatown, but actually I went to Occidental College. I lived in Eagle Rock for four years and I worked there afterwards. So I'm not an Eagle Rock stakeholder, but it's a, was the you first- You are a stakeholder. In, in Los no, no, Angeles. No, no, fuck that. So, you are a stakeholder because this is connecting the whole city. We're all stakeholders yeah. in this stuff. I'm tired I'm of just saying, like I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a local. I'm, I'm not the guy making the decision. I am a stakeholder. Totally. Okay. Good night. We're going to make Be stickers. Well. T-shirts. <laughs> I am a stakeholder. I am a stakeholder. T-shirts. Come on, baby. Let's make this happen. Um, thanks for having me on, dude. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, man. You know, we always love having Laura Friedman on and you. You said you're writing a lot. You writing a lot? Or are you writing some? I'm writing some. I have this really nice road bike, so I'm doing some. What is it? It's a BMC carbon it's fiber bike. It's gotta be like, huge. It's gotta be huge. You're so tall. How tall are you? It's I'm six eight. I mean, what does that bike even look like? Pan. It's so it's so badass. My my dear friend Nick Hippolito actually gave me this bike just out of nowhere. He's just like, "Hey, dude, do you want this bike?" And it's like carbon fiber. It's like the best bike I've ever owned. Is it big enough for you? Yeah, because he's tall too. He's like six five. So, um, are you fast? That sounds like a fast bike. I'm not fast. I'm gonna do a loop. You should come with me. We'll do yeah. um, Pals Verdes and then come up. The LA River. Palace Verdes to the LA so River. So down the wow. down the bike path. Okay. Down down Polona Creek and then down the beach bike path and then over around the peninsula and then up from Long Beach all the way up to Right, the river path that goes all the way down there. I wanna see like I just wanna kinda of get like I know a lot of it is actually done. You can ride for a long time on the bike path, but there are huge chunks where it's just not done. Those are the chunks I'm interested in. I'll send you the invitation. Okay, cool. All right, man. All right, Seamus. Thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. That was Bike Talk. Let's take this out, Nick. Here you go. listening to this episode of Bike Talk. If you want to hear more, go to kpfk.org, navigate to programs, and choose Bike Talk. On the Bike Talk page, click on the archives link to play or download shows posted in the last four months. Go to biketalk.com and copy or click on the RSS link to subscribe. Our Twitter handle is BikeTalkPFK. On Facebook, we are Bike Talk. You can become friends and join our group.